welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour Podcast. As always here, I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander. And on this episode of the CGA Tour Podcast, I've got, excuse me here, I've got Will Polk, Jake Carlson, and Patrick McDermott. So I had to take a breath before I introduced all three other guests <laughs> here. But Jake, Patrick, Will, I'll just give a brief introduction here. Will went to the University of Oklahoma, or OU, if they can get their spelling back and forth there on the initials. Uh, Patrick went to UT or the University of Texas. Um, and of course, Jake and I went to OSU. Well, you know, I got to give you guys a little bit of crap. I mean, you guys win Bedlam, it seems like, every year, except for the years that count, which is the last one. Hey, so. I'm always game for the banter now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if, you know, <laughs> you guys win every year, except for the year that counts, which is this, this which is the last year. So, fair, fair. Yeah. That's how it is. But basically, here for the podcast, we're going to get to is Big 12 season predictions. Going to go OU, Texas, and Oklahoma State season predictions. Touch a little bit on Baylor and then cover the rest of the Big 12 kind of as a whole on how we think they'll do. And then we'll talk about the Big 12 football kind of expansion, who they should add in, how OU and Texas will fare in the SEC, and uh, a couple more things here and there, I'm sure, as well. So, I don't know. Do we want to get in... Uh, Want to get into Texas first, Patrick? You want to want to take it away here? Absolutely, what, uh, yeah. I, what, uh, what notable like offseason additions and you know and uh, subtractions have happened this season? Okay, well, well, let's get into the big one first. Arch Manning on the way. A big congratulations to the whole Texas football staff. Like giant, <laughs> giant accomplishment to get Arch Manning there. Obviously, it creates a little bit of a of, of a power dynamic here because we have Quinn Ewers as well. That was the other big offseason move. So transferred in from Ohio State, uh, the two two perfect ratings from a recruit. The only other time that happened was with Vince Young, also a Texas Longhorn. Um, so even though Quinn Ewers, uh, he was originally committed to Texas, decommitted, attended uh, Ohio State for a year, and now has transferred back. Um, so that's huge. That's huge. Uh, everything coming out of, uh, coming out of the program is saying, oh, it's an open competition, whatever, you know, they haven't announced an official starter, but it's going to be Quinn Ewers. It has to be, um, well, 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 I just, I want to make sure we get this though. Quinn Ewers is the quarterback on the roster though. Arch Manning, great. Correct. You guys got him, but he's not here Correct. for a little 2023. bit, right? Okay. Yep. Yep. Right. Arch Manning. So he's committed. So yeah, anything can happen. We still got to keep him, you know, players decommit all the time. Players, players change their minds all the time. I don't think that's going to happen. He took a long time, you know, visiting a bunch of schools, but there's reasons to be optimistic for Texas. Um, we can, we can dive into this year. Uh, do you want to go ahead and go through the schedule real quick? Yeah. Yeah. For okay. Sure. So, so, for and sure. I'll, I'll preface this, um, and I will take all, all beating on this, but I, I am a very realistic Texas fan. I feel like I go in with no expectations most of the time. Um, this year, this year is different. I am officially drinking the Kool-Aid on Texas, which I'm probably going to regret, but I can't, <laughs> I can't, or it's hard to see a way that we don't have the best offense in the big 12 and one of the best offenses in the country. The the sheer amount of firepower is is off the charts. I love what I'm seeing. Um, a lot of our defense has is really good players are going to be led by Overshone, the the linebacker, Agent Zero, absolute beast. Um, but, uh, but most of the rest of the defense is is a lot of the same guys, just a year older. So we hope to see some improvement. Um, but I'll, I'll I'll get into the schedule now. Um, 
any any thoughts from you guys on Texas before we get started? I want to get everybody involved. Like, uh, what do you guys see from an outside perspective? A bad football team. Bad. I mean, five and seven. I, yeah. I, I just don't know how you're bringing back the same running back and the same wide receiver, but we're saying that this five-star quarterback who Hudson Card, what was he? Four-star? Yeah. I mean, okay, he, okay. He, I so, think he was the number two number two quarterback in the class or something. Yeah, big so, time. So, but we're saying like in Sark's second year and with Quinn Ewers, who, let's be honest here, has taken two snaps of college football, period, and neither were at the University of Texas. Both were in Ohio for Ohio State. Yeah are going to all of a sudden transform the team. I'm not saying it's out of the question, but it just seems like there's a lot of unknowns yeah. with the team. And you're saying explosive offense. I'm not saying you don't maybe have the best receiver in the Big 12 or you don't maybe have the best running back in the Big 12. You probably do, honestly, running mm-hmm. back-wise. It's just the team was 5-7 and seven last year, and then you add in the one addition, it seems like, the one big change is Quentin Ewers, which it's just TBD. We don't know. Okay. I mean, yeah, that, that's fair. And, and again, I am, I am prepared to be proven wrong here because Texas burns me every single year. I will say last year's five <laughs> and seven, last year's five and seven was really bad, but we could easily have been like eight and four, which is kind of the problem. You know, Texas loses games that they shouldn't lose either because of the opponent or just blowing leads at OU. Well, I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that, but, um, what are you, Nebraska? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah, they, we got them or OU's got them back on the schedule, I think. But uh, no, no, we do. Not very intimidating. Yeah. It's not yeah. very intimidating. I mean, it's in Lincoln, I believe. <laughs> well, and Patrick, we have to get to this, too. You guys have a big road game this year, too. That's going to be really tough for you. A big road game. Which yeah. one are you talking about? You guys go play at Kansas. Ah. Uh, Got us. I queued up. Got there us. Go. Not, the, uh, not the snare. Yeah, that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. One of the one of the darkest days of of my four years in Austin was when we lost uh, when we lost in Kansas with Charlie Strong, um, and then it happened again last year. So I thought it would never happen this again. Year? Yeah. What? I mean, that one at least I wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, I was. I didn't actually watch the game. I think I was on a plane. I got off a plane and saw that we lost in overtime at home to Kansas. So. There's no excuse for that. The, Moving uh, on because we can't move on quick enough from that. <laughs> um, so Texas, I, I have Texas going 11 and one this year. I think Texas is the real deal. I think their offense is going to blow every defense in the Big 12 out of the water. Um, we're, Wait, did we're, you say 11 and one? I did say 11 and one. And so here's the one loss. So here, here, here we go. So, so I am, I am choosing to be bold. I feel like last year I came in here and and went a little bit chalk. You know, I feel like eight and four was a little bit what was pretty much expected for Texas last year. Eleven and one. We we're, we're beating Louisiana Monroe at home to open the year. That uh, if that doesn't happen, then we've got way bigger problems than than winning the Big Twelve. Um, I am going to go ahead and say that we beat Bama also. This is, and, and it sounds crazy, but I want it to happen so bad that I'm committing to it. Uh, Texas is beating Bama at home. Thoughts from the, from the panel. What could, just, it's just not going to happen. I just, where's, where, just, where, where's this Kool-Aid that you're getting? Because it's I, delicious, Jake. It's delicious I Kool-Aid. Like <laughs> I would like some. You should try some. 
Does it have it's burnt orange uh, does it have a very, very good spirit mixed in with it? Because man, don't you need beating, it. Beating Bama. Now, granted, it's yeah, it's at home, but like there are I'm so many saying, un, there are so many unknowns. Does Bama reload basically every year? Sure, they do. Does Bama yeah. have a returning Heisman Trophy quarterback? Yes, they do. Even if I kind of had to think about it. I had to think about who won the Heisman Trophy last year because Bryce Young was not the most electric or exciting Heisman Trophy winner, in my opinion. That that's totally fair. But I mean, that's that's fair. I think that's a good, that's a very fair take. Yeah. I I think yeah. so. Yeah. So so anyway, I, t- Bama lost a lot of guys. Their playmakers are in the NFL now. Um, is it possible they come in and absolutely beat the doors off of an inexperienced Texas team? Hundred percent. But I'm taking I'm taking the Longhorns at home. So, uh, like, I like to be a turtle optimist about Oklahoma State. And last year, there were several games where I go, oh, my gosh, we're going to lose to Boise State. Spencer Sanders is one of 11 throwing the ball, right? Like, but then all of a sudden at the end, we're playing Baylor, and we have seven chances to score a game-winning touchdown, and we couldn't do it, you know, at the goal line. So there are ups, there are peaks and valleys with the season, right? I just, it's Bama. Like, we want Bama. I that's, you guys, you must, you maybe do. I don't know if we pulled <laughs> the entire Texas fan base and said, you have $10, you're going to lose $10 if you bet on Texas, you're going to keep the $10 if you bet on Alabama, what are you going to do? And I don't know how many would I go. I can't win Let's, $10, I can only lose it or keep it? Well, sure, you oh, can okay, win an okay. extra 10 bucks. But right. for the sake of analogy here, like a low stakes thing, I'm not sure how many Texas fans would go, yeah, let's... I'm I'm cool losing ten bucks. I just and bet so, on my team. And again, this will kind of I think segue into our, our 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 later discussion. But as far as Texas joining the SEC, this is going to be the litmus test. Like we we wanted to join the SEC, you know, for the money. We you know we won't talk about that. But we also want the competition. And if we can't handle Bama at home, like we know we got some work to do on this program before we join the SEC. Now, if we go in and get if if Bama comes to Austin and wins a close game, that's gonna be that's gonna be giant. That would be a way bigger deal than Joe Burrow coming in, you know, two or three years ago. It Bama is just different. Like everybody gets it. So I'm I'm choosing to be the optimist here. Uh with that being said, UTSA after that, also at home, tougher game than I think uh, a lot of people realize. Like that's a uh, Jeff Trailer, the coach down there, great coach. Um, that's a rising program. You can't UTSA. talk up UTSA after you're saying you're going to be Bama, though. You just, I know. You just I know. Can't, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, just, I that's just fair. can't. That's fair. Can't. After I can't I'm hear you talk Bama, up UTSA. <laughs> I'm saying their playmakers are gone. Be Bama yeah. at home. Yeah. Now. Is is Will Anderson going to absolutely blow up our offensive line? Quite possibly. Yes. Um, but we'll you know we'll see. Maybe we'll, we'll find a way to win. A UTSA player. I mean, UTSA. Who are you guys we losing will beat. Oh, that's that's I'm curious. We're yeah. beating UTSA oh, you, and we're beating you. Texas Tech on the road in Lubbock. Um, Texas Tech, I think, is going to be sure, in sure. the bottom third of the of the Big Twelve. Like they have a new what's what's their coach's name? Matt Wells, I think he's Joey he's McGuire. new. Who is it? Joey McGuire. Joey McGuire. Oh, there we go. There we go. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm pretty high on him, but I mean, okay. like you said, this year, no, 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 but this year they aren't going to be that great because yeah, it's tech. They don't really have the base for that yet, but I do think for any Red Raider listeners out there, Joey McGuire is a great hire and I think he might get them there. Okay. Fair enough. 
Fair enough. And they did lead the Big 12 last year in a lot of offensive categories. So, like, they they always put up points. Um, Texas is Texas is beating West Virginia. West West Virginia is not going to be good this year. Like that. That's I'm not too worried about that. Um, and Will, I think Will Greer Williams. coming in isn't going to help him out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> what is he? Is he? Is he back with the program in some capacity? No, no, is I'm he? just kidding. I'm kidding. Not oh, Will Greer. Uh, who's the California? Like the guy who was at USC for a minute, and then he was at JT. for a minute. Oh, JT, oh, JT, JT, yeah. yeah. The most overrated quarterback in the country, <laughs> except no. for maybe, and I don't know, TBD, Quinn Ewers. Oof. I mean, that's that's just being pessimistic. So I'll I'll, well, I'll stick with my not my team. So yeah, yeah. You haven't drank the Kool Aid. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, so then then we come to then we come to OU the the Red River um, and and I think we get the win. I, I think I think OU is is going to have a slightly down year, although I think they'll still they'll still be a good team. Like it's always a good program. I hate to admit it, but they are. Um, anything I'm can happen to in the Red River. Where the one like, loss comes from. What's yeah. that? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just <laughs> I'm ready to hear where the one loss comes from. Because <laughs> you said eleven and one. I'll so, skip. I'll skip right. over Iowa State. We're gonna beat Iowa State. Although I think they'll be pretty good again. Uh, like their their coaches is, is excellent. Like, um, and I, I this is gonna sound like a pander pick, um, but I think oh Texas slips up against Ohio, uh, Oklahoma State on the road in Stillwater. That's a tough environment. Texas never plays well in Stillwater, especially not recently. And uh, I think they drop a game in the Big 12. I really do. Like, like obviously, the easy way out would be to take us losing to Bama and winning out if I think we're going 11-1. and one. But I still don't entirely trust Texas to get through a Big 12 schedule. Oklahoma State is a good team. And a road game in Stillwater, I think that's a, that's a tough environment. And I could see Texas slipping up there. Thoughts? I know the can't, sky will be can't. black when you guys play Oklahoma State, as long as it's not a day game, Grant. Absolutely. Right? Um, not bad. I was, was going to say, I can't black. wait. I can't wait for it to be at 11 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, 11 a.m. kickoff. <laughs> Take away the home field advantage yeah, there. FS1 game, yeah. The home sky advantage. Oh, yeah. But Oklahoma State is a 4 and against Texas over the past 12 years, right? Is so, that true? Yeah. No, excuse me. Wow. Texas is four and eight. Oh, okay. Against yeah, Texas yeah, yeah. is four and eight against Oklahoma State. That's I was going to say. Sorry. Yeah, yeah it's like, the other way around. Say the, say the record Whoa. against OU too. <laughs> oh, I I will get to OU in a second. But again, we're one and zero over the past one say year. The so, yeah. um, oh, no, I met with Texas, but oh, I will give you last year. No, Texas yeah, no, record fair. is not great against OU recently either. So I'm here. Here, okay. So and then then your guys are going through. You're saying you're beating at K State, winning TCU at home, winning at KU, which Again, I could put yeah, shot by no sound, means, but I'm not yeah, going to. Yeah, by no um, means pencil that Baylor home and then probably <laughs> making the Big Twelve Championship. So yeah. as a as someone who has granted a lot more friends and family members who go to Texas know you versus any other school in the Big Twelve, I'll say this. I could easily see Texas being nine and three this year, which is a huge improvement. That's four more wins on the season. But those three losses are I mean, Bama, OU, and Oklahoma State, if I had to say it, right? I think you guys either beat Baylor or beat OU or OSU. Like, I think one of those three teams you guys beat. You know, I, I wouldn't count, like, okay, for sure going to beat OU. That game is so much fun to watch every year, but I wouldn't count it. Oklahoma State game is so much fun for me to watch it as Oklahoma State fan because, again, we're 8-4 and four against you guys. Correct. Um, but then there are some really just sad years, like against Vince Young when we're up at half by, it seems like, two to three touchdowns, and then we lose in the second half. So I always still have those memories, but then again, the 13-9 to game, 
Like Oklahoma State beats beats Texas now, which is a they weird do. thing. They to figure me to say. out how to beat Texas all the time. Weird, weird thing yeah. for me to say. Um, and then or or has turnovers and we lose. Also, entirely possible. Um, it's nice Oklahoma State doesn't open up their Big Twelve season against Texas this year. I'll say it that way. But we we'll get to Oklahoma State here in a second. It feels like that happens a lot. It it I, does. I don't know why. It does. It yeah. does. It does feel like that a lot. But that's what. That year that we opened up against Texas for the Big 12, that's the year Jake's talking about where Sanders had like four or five turnovers or whatever it was. Um, was that two years ago, right? Yeah, uh, two or three, yeah, because this is Might Sanders's fourth year. So I think two, yeah, two years ago. But I, I can easily see Texas as a nine and three. I don't know if Jake and, Jake and Will disagree necessarily. Which, for the record, I would be, I would be pretty pleased with. Um, but I, I'm choosing to go all in on Sark. And I think if Sark takes the leaps that he kind of needs to, or the, a lot of people kind of think he will, I think that means beating OU and beating Bama, or at least giving him a crazy good game. Who's next? Um, I think, I'll, go ahead. yeah, I, some of the same points, um, I think Texas, like you said, does have the best receiver in the Big 12. I don't think it's really arguable even at that point. I think they have the best running back. Now, what I will say about Bajan Robinson is he's good, but I don't know if he wants to be there <laughs> because there were rumblings about – didn't he sit out last year? No. He got, he got injured. So He, he got so injured, but then there was – there were rumors about him transferring as well. Yeah, but he quickly came out and said, no, don't listen to that. I'm staying here. So I think I think there was people wanted him to transfer to like USC, you know, or one of these other like kind of flashy on the rise programs. But that would have been I feel like he quickly, hilarious. quickly shut that down. But um, so there's. There's that and, you know, him staying healthy. I think he is the best running back in the Big 12. Like, again, not really arguable. Um, the defense is the, the the one that I, like, eh, I'm unsure about, um, mm-hmm. which I'm sure, same thing for you. Um, and then Secondary just like when especially. You were saying, like, yeah, and, you know, it seems like the only teams that ever really have good secondaries are – either OSU or Baylor and that's an OU will have their, their sprinkle in of really good players, but you know, well, you can, you can go in on Grinch here in a little bit. Um, I and then talking about that coach. <laughs> <laughs> um, he sounded like Bill Clinton right there. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, that's the exact vibe I was going for. So good. Yeah. That hit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's the one thing I have about Texas. I think I wouldn't be surprised to see them make an over 500 jump. I don't think that's egregious. Um, I would say 11 and 1 probably is a little out of my comfort zone on predictions. Um, I would say 9 and 3 might even be a little my comfort zone on predictions. Um, but I think that sweet spot of like 8 and 4, I think that's probably where I would project Texas to be and then be the team that beats the teams they're better than and loses to the teams they're worse than. I I think that's like, that will be Texas this year because this isn't the most talented Texas team. we. But 
they have a lot of really good players that I think can get them over maybe some of the games that they would struggle to finish in other years. Yeah, I think I think so. I, like, I'm curious to what besides Sark in year two and Quinn Ewers is there something else that sticks out to you? Like, this is why Texas will be better. I mean, Xavier Worthy, who we've mentioned, but I mean, like he had such a crazy freshman year and is now only a sophomore. Like we've got we've got returners coming back, you know, on the on the defensive side of the ball, like a couple guys on the on the D line. Moro Ojimo is is a year older, like offensive line is a year older. I I just feel like these are guys that Sark kind of just worked with his first year um, and are just all going to mature. We also got uh, Billingsley that to the transfer tight end from Bama. Like there's, there's guys to get excited about. So I don't want to, I don't want to hog the time for Texas. So, so someone, uh, someone from the state up North, you guys, you guys chime in here. What's which, which team are we going to next? I I'd say we got to, we got to hit up OU cause we could spend five hours with Oklahoma state. Um, as Jake, Jake knows how long I could talk for forever here, but well, do you want to kind of take it away here with, with OU? I mean, there's a lot of off season additions and subtractions, but oh, yeah. rather hear the OU fan and alum say it than necessarily get my uh, tainted and rim shot view here. <laughs> so, well, first of all, I uh, didn't drop my Texas prediction. Um, I think eight and four is a good ballpark for that mm-hmm. for many of the same reasons as Jake. Um, o line. Yes, it is more experienced, but it was not good last year. Uh, defense has issues with the secondary and pass rush. But I mean, obviously they're working on improving that and they recruited like crazy on the O-line last year, but those yeah. guys are not going to be ready yet. So I see eight and four. I'm not going to get too much into that just because we probably should move on to another team. Um, but I think that's a pretty solid improvement for year two for Sark. Um, anyways, moving on to OU. Uh, yeah, a lot has changed as everyone is well aware of. We don't need to go super into depth on that because we've everyone has talked about it an ad nauseum the past six or seven months. Um, honestly, the schedule is not that difficult this year. Most of the toughest games are at home, Baylor, Bedlam, Texas is obviously a neutral site. Um, I have a couple that might surprise you that I actually am worried about a little bit. So starting from the top, UTEP at home, that's, I think we can all agree. That's not anything to be worried about. Kent State at home. Also not worried about that. They do have a good run game, though, is what I've been told, but I'm still not too worried about that. Now, at Nebraska, as we mentioned, Nebraska is not a great team, but they were the victims of some horrible, horrible luck last year. I know our game against them in Norman came down to basically a final drive by Nebraska, which, of course, Adrian Martinez did not do that well on, but still think he's a good player, and I'm going to talk about him a little more in a bit, too, with K-State. Um Ultimately, I don't think the home field advantage is going to be enough for Nebraska to win that game, but I think it could be a lot closer than a lot of people, national pundits, fans of all teams, et cetera, included, think it could be. Just because, like I said, that's a team that was so unlucky last year. They have to regress to the mean at some point. You know what I mean? Like, I can't remember the stat of their Big Ten losses and the combined margin, but it was laughably close. Like, it was a laugh- like a laughably small number. So, Eventually, it's got to even out, if that makes sense. So, but I still think OU takes that one. Um, so we're at 3 now. Next, uh, K-State at home. A lot of people have Kansas State as a sleeper pick for a run at the Big 12 championship. And I think that's mostly because they're kind of like Oklahoma State last year. They have a very experienced team, a lot of older guys that have been together for a while, playing together. 
Um, they picked up Adrian Martinez in the portal, who I think is a good player. I think the Nebraska team failed him more times than he failed them, if that makes sense. Obviously, Deuce Vaughn is great. Um, I, I think Bijan is obviously the top running back in the Big 12, but Deuce Vaughn is right up there with them. Just a different kind of play style, though, but I don't think anyone's going to disagree with that. Um, I won't say that's a loss, but again, that, that's one that does give me a little bit of pause. And they have that one edge rusher, too. I can't remember his name, but he set, like, the single-game Big 12 sack record or something last year. I cannot remember his name, but he's still there. He's still very good. Um, But I think that could be close, but I think OU pulls it out at home. Um, At TCU, not too worried about that. I think Sonny Dykes is an interesting coach, but he's a snake. I have a lot of SME friends, so they would be very happy to hear me say that. I think they play (laughs) each other this year, too. They do, and I am pumped. I kind of want to go, actually. Um, I was going to say, That's the weekend yeah. of that K-State game, and a bunch of my buddies were asking me to go to go Boulevard with them and whatnot at SMU, and I think that'd be fun, but I I think K-State's going to be a better game, honestly. Um, but I think that's a win. I mean, TCU, that's a much longer rebuild process than other first-year head coaches will have. I mean, they lost Zach Evans, who arguably is the best player on that team. Um, didn't play a lot due to injuries, et cetera, and all. And I mean, if any of y'all followed his recruitment a couple of years back, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. <laughs> but lost him, best player on that team. Uh, I think Chandler Morris is a pretty good quarterback. I mean, I think he could do well, but I don't know if he's going to start. They have um, Duggan is his name, the quarterback. Yeah, is he still there? I think he's the inc- I think he's the incumbent starter. If he's still there, I might be wrong, but. I think the better quarterback is going to be benched then if he's there, but I don't see them being too much of a threat. Um, Texas is going to be a big one. Obviously it is every year. And honestly with that game, you can throw out the results of the season leading up to that. You can throw out last year and all it's a brand new ball game every year. I mean, even the years that Texas has been bad, it was a hell of a game. Exactly. Last year. Um, I mean, Homer pick. Yeah, that's a win for OU, but I could, see that going either way so can i count that as like an either or if that makes sense yeah yeah we i mean i'll get definitely give you the toss up for sure okay thank you for that um, <laughs> well i mean okay. i mean kansas that's that's the, what i put it down as yeah okay uh kansas at home next week we're not texas you don't have to worry about that that's a dub easy enough um bye week that's easiest win in the book at Iowa State, that originally was going to be on a Thursday night, which I would have been worried about that in that case, just because that's, I mean, even coming off a of bye week, that's such an upheaval of schedule and all. And Ames is always a tough place to go into and play, even when the team's not that great. But moving it to a typical schedule and all the day after my wedding, actually, which I'm probably going to miss it because I'll be traveling, unfortunately, but not too worried about that one either. They just had so much turnover on the roster. I mean, Brees Hall is gone. Charlie Kolar is gone. Brock Purdy's gone, but I mean, we're not too worried about that. I was never a big um, Brock Purdy guy. Yeah, he just just for yeah. just for the sake of throwing it out there, he did lead the Big Twelve last year in passing yards um, with three thousand yards passing. So I, I'm with you. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I wasn't ever that worried about Brock Purdy. But then again, Oklahoma State had a really good record against Iowa State, except for you know two years. So it's just it's just wild to me how Brock Purdy will. I mean, yeah, on paper, great player. He looks good when it all when all cylinders are firing. But I mean, just every big game, there's some play that happens that's just wildly hilarious. And I'm like, I don't know if y'all watched that 
bowl game against Baylor this past year they played in where he basically lost the game on the last play of the game. It was just the most ridiculous interception turnover possible. I mean, it just seems like that really pops up a lot with him, which I don't know what team he ended up on in the NFL. I think he signed undrafted, but good for him. That's awesome. So I'm looking but, at his stats right now. As I can just tell you off the top of my head, he was, yeah, yeah. I mean, just because I'm looking at it, he was a seventh round pick to the 49ers. Okay, good for him. Yeah. He got drafted. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a dub at Iowa State. Baylor, I'm torn also. I think. Just, I think, okay, so let me let me preface this by saying, obviously, a lot of turnover on this OU roster. I really feel like there's a strong range of outcomes, anywhere between 9 and 3 and 11 and 1. I don't think that sounds too crazy. I, do, I would hope y'all would agree with that. Um, so, Baylor, again, I will put as a toss-up. I think I will list it as, even at home, as a loss right now. I think Dave Aranda is the best head coach in this league. I think Brett Venables might be, but we haven't seen him as a head coach yet. Um, I just think Baylor, they have a lot of turnover on the roster, but they're just so well coached, such a tough team and all. That's really hard to overcome. Is, is Gary Bohannon coming back? No, oh. they um, he transferred to, I can't remember where, but... Um, I wish he was coming the, the back. The kid that played y'all in the Big 12 championship as a starter, uh, Aranda announced that pretty early. Oh, right. Yeah, I mean, he, he he looked pretty good for the majority of that game, I will say. And Gary Bohannon transferred yeah. to USF, University of South Florida. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just, just again, just trying to get some stats here. I yeah, yeah. I think oh, you could could yeah. I I don't think nine and three is out of the question. I actually don't think eleven and one is necessarily too far fetched. There's just I kind of fall into the same thing here with. Mm-hmm. When I was talking about Texas with Quinn Ewers, like Dylan Gabriel back with Jeff Levy, um, who was his offensive coordinator when you know he's at UCF, but it's it just so much, so many unknowns with OU. Like, how is Brent Venables going to be in his first year as a head coach, even though he's back at the place that he was at ten years ago, right? Like, or twelve years ago? Yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll like I'll like keep going though. I think I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I feel the same way. Obviously there are a lot of question marks and a lot of unknowns and a lot will be determined probably pretty quick. Once we get through the first four games or so of the season, or maybe not determined, but it'll start looking a lot more clear. The answers to those questions we all have. Um, I still think the roster is one of the top two most talented on paper in the league. That helps a lot. I mean, talent overcomes a lot in college football. If you look at just the composite rankings and all. Um, and I mean, I'm pretty bought in on Venables. Jake can tell you, I think there will, there probably will be some growing pains given the first year head coach and all. And I don't think it's very rare that a first year head coach is going to pull what Lincoln Riley did in the first year as OU's head coach, immediate playoff appearance and all just keeping things rolling and all. But I don't think that's out of the question, having a season like that for Venables. I just think, it's a bit of a wild card, but I don't think it's going to be bad. If that makes sense, I would. I would also say I. I think OU makes the Big Twelve championship game. I, I think. I think it's oh, yeah. a Texas OU rematch. Um, and I, and I'm with you. I, I do think they're closer to the nine and three, ten and two realm this year. Because um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sold on the quarterback, but I do think. I, I think you're right. There, so there's when, there's when no reason they should. Are you more sold on Quinn Ewers with two snaps? or Dylan Gabriel with over 70 touchdowns in college football so far 
I mean, the word I sold mean, is is tough because yeah, am I am fair. I sold like I'm not sold on Quinn Ewers as a college quarterback. Like it's absolutely possible for him to be a bust. Um I, I think I've just never seen Dylan Gabriel be great, although to your credit he's or to his credit, like he is he is a true veteran. Like he he's been around like he's he's exactly the sort of plug and play guy that you want. And I think Brett, I, I don't see any reason why Venables can't be a great head coach. And I mean, OU's defense has been obviously their Achilles heel, like in their playoff seasons, you know, where they, they can't stop anybody. So that's, that's gotta be, you know, I think he was a home run hire to be honest. And I don't, I don't quite know. I think it's probably the only job that would have taken him away from Clemson. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, yeah, mean, I, I think he works out. I, there's no way he has like a Sark type growing pains first season. Like, I just think the, the program is, is, uh, is in a good spot. I agree. I'm, I, I like hearing that from you. <laughs> um, I hate to say it, no, but I don't yes. think, I, I don't think, I don't think a Sark year one is really even possible. I mean, I, I've heard a lot of takes like that recently. I mean, just look at like how consistent Oklahoma football has been over pretty much its entire history. There's been like one, I would say bad stretch, like objectively bad stretch. Other than that, consistent winning seasons, playing for conference championships and all playing for national championships every once in a while too. I mean, I, I don't see this hire going poorly, especially at the start. I think we're going to hit the ground running. I think actually I'll move on with my game predictions and all um, at West Virginia is a win. Um, we kind of laughed about West Virginia a bit ago and I'm not super bought in on them either. Um, they lost a lot of their talent in the portal. I mean, JT Daniels, we can, we can say he's a five-star recruit and all, but I, I feel like he hasn't had the opportunity to prove to live up to that really. But when he's been given any kind of opportunity, it hasn't ended well for him or for his team. Um, I guess he did lead Georgia to a huge 10, three win over Clemson to open last season. But you know, that's pretty, uh, a pretty wild offense from them. And a, a Clemson but, team that wasn't really any good. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, they scored three points. I mean, DJ, Uyunglele, I'm really proud of myself for that. Yeah. I, I mean, can't, I can't first try. I can't. I can't really enunciate. Yeah, you but, shouldn't. Uh, you shouldn't have gone the second time. See, you, you just quit when you're ahead. Like the first time is perfect. <laughs> I was feeling myself he's, on that. He's bad. That kid from uh, uh, Westlake. I think he's going to end up starting there uh, very soon. It'll be. It'll be just like Trevor Lawrence, where they had. Um, God, was that Kelly Bryant that was ahead of him, Jake? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because he ends up transferring to Mizzou, right? Because Lawrence. Yeah. Is gonna yeah. Be, I, Lawrence, I think it's going to be what is the starter. An exact. Just mirror of that situation. DJ is going to start the first couple games, not look great, but they they open against Georgia Tech. I think they don't play anyone tough the first couple weeks, but offense isn't going to be rolling. I don't know why I'm getting onto Clemson now. I'm really <laughs> off on a tangent. Yeah, Venables, but you know the, Club the, Nick, the kid from Westlake is going to come in. They're going to look good. Clemson's going to be back to normal. Um, anyways, Bedlam at home. That's a dub. Sorry, Calvin and Jake. I'm just I. Honestly, I think that's the game I'm most confident about this year. Well, I, if I were you, I'd be more confident about UTEP and Kent State, but I'm trying to make a joke. Too. You know, I mean, like, like I, I get what I get what you're getting. Yeah, <laughs> it's just I losing back to back bedlams. That's probably pretty rare, and I think Venables knows that that's not acceptable at this point, given how the season ended with that game last year. And I just I. 
I think that's a win. And then at Texas Tech, again, we talked about Tech a little bit earlier. I think McGuire is a great hire. I think he's going to be great for them, but I think that's going to take time this year. That's a dub. I'll say one thing about Texas Tech. That way we can kind of just go through these teams yeah, yeah. Um, now versus all later. Texas Tech, to me, is going to make a lot of improvements as a team, but not their record-wise, right? I think we're all kind of thinking agreeing there. You know, like as a team, they yeah, might I end think up getting a show, lot better. They'll show but, flashes yeah. of growing and getting better, but ultimately I don't think they're going to you know, compete for the conference or anything yet. I think down the road, especially when the Big 12 looks pretty different in a couple of years, I think they might, which we'll talk about that, of course, in a bit. But right now, though, they're they're tech. They're working on it, though. So, so is that a 10-2 and two season, if I'm hearing you right? Um, losses, like I said, possibly I one. Yeah, po- well, I'm, I'm saying you know, there's the toss-up game against K-State, right? And then there's the... Right. And like I said, yeah. anywhere from 9-3 and three to 11-1, I see being very possible. I think they're, they're going to drop a game at some point. First year, brand new head coach, new defensive system, new offensive system, and all. although the quarterback has played in that, was pretty prolific in the system, and that helps a lot with the rest of the team learning that but there's just too much new i know they'll drop a game at some point maybe two i don't think three but i think it's possible gotcha gotcha well patrick i'll, I'll let you go for here because i know i know where i'd take it i know kind of i think i know where jake would take it so i want to hear what you're thinking about ou's record here first oh i mean I, yeah i don't have much to add i think i think yeah, I think I think in that range is super possible. I would I would I think go a little bit on the lower end, um, totally impartially, of course. But I, I think I think nine and three is probably more realistic. Like I'm with you. I I think there's a chance they lose to Baylor. Um, although I'm not as high on Baylor as as maybe some others. I think I think Bedlam might be a more likely loss than Baylor. Um, but but yeah, I mean I, I think they'll be in the Big 12 championship game like New Year's Six Bowl strong possibility. Like I don't know if this is a playoff team like we just don't know. Like some guys just don't work out as head coaches like and their home run, you know, coordinator. So we just don't know yet, but the writing on the wall seems to be they won't skip much of a beat. I think like you said, I don't think it's a playoff caliber team, but I think if the schedule falls at the upper end of what we're all predicting it could be, I think they could end up in there. I don't think that would go super well because I don't think they're ready for that just yet with all the turnover, but I think they could end up there, but I agree. I don't think it's a playoff caliber team, if that makes sense. Yeah. So OU last year was 10 and two in the regular season. I mean, they, you know, 11, two overall, they beat Oregon in the, um, in the bowl game, but, they were, they were 10 and two last year. And well, I'm not necessarily sure how you th- feel about how last season ended, right? Cause it just, it ended weirdly, right? I mean, at the end of the day, like Oklahoma after the Bedlam yes, game, like weird. everything falls off, mm-hmm. falls off as opposed to it actually ha- in actually the head coach changing positions at the end of the season, um, as opposed to just, I mean, I don't say mid season, this is the last game of the season before the bowl game, but still nonetheless here, the other OU fans that I talk about who went to OU, who family goes to OU, I mean, I could throw out like Seth Fuller and some others who have been on the podcast before too, but even both Agnich brothers, um, Walter and PJ Agnich were both going, oh my gosh, the sky's falling, OU's the worst, like this is cr- this is crazy, whatever, da, da, da. And it was from, I think at least, from we lost two games. So as an Oklahoma State fan, I got to say, it'd be nice if that was the sky's falling expectations for us. And I think Oklahoma <laughs> State and the new Big 12 could build to be there. And 
Now, I am buttering up here, Will, because I'll be honest. I don't know how you guys got better um, from last year. And I know you said nine and three. That's kind of, you know, that's one of the spots. And that's where I would go to. But I do want to give some just stats here as I try to look into Dylan Gabriel and the whole entire OU offensive scheme and everything. There are a lot of guys who transferred. There are a lot of guys who left to USC. I mean, you know, I mean, Spencer and Caleb both left, you know, go into that, but their story's been told. Other offensive guys have left as well, too. But I don't want to be mistaken. Dylan Gabriel's last season where he played a full season, last year for UCF, he played three games and, you know, broke his collarbone and was out. But in 2020, he passed for 3,500 yards. That would have led the Big 12 last year. The year before then, in 2019, he passed for over 3,200 yards. Again, would have led the Big 12 last year. So when Gabriel's healthy, he clearly can ball out. Now, if we want to say, oh, well, that's against other similar opponents in UCF, fair. That's totally a fair point. But just kind of for context here, because I'm trying to play devil's advocate of, in my head, I don't want OU to be good ever, right? Like I'm an Oklahoma State fan. So that's fair. why do I think that OU would be good this year? Like what what's going into my mind as like an OSU fan of why am I worried about OU besides it just basically being OU and you guys beating us 16 out of 20 times in so, the past two, you know, in the past 20 times we played, right? <laughs> that does happen. So do you, do you want me to respond? Yeah. To the question basically is why do I think OU would be better? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or, or so, just, or just the same even when so many okay, uh, yeah, differences yeah. have happened. So, okay. So, I think obviously with the range of nine and three to 11 and one middle ground, there's 10 and two basically being the same results wise as last year. And I think being the median of those two, that's the most common outcome in my eyes. So being the same, basically, well, I don't want to sound like sour grapes, but if you look at the offensive numbers from 2017 to 2021, there was a legitimate dip each year, year over year. From and it started up 579.6 yards per game of total offense in 2017. Baker's Heisman year that was the best OU offense I've ever seen. It was incredible. That was awesome. Dipped down in 2021. Obviously, there was a little bit of quarterback turnover, but I mean, the team was more talented than it ever was in 2017, 18, 19, whenever. Dipped down to 451.5. So the offense had been stagnating and all. I think Riley's a great coordinator, offensive game planner, head coach. Sure. Yeah. But obviously the offense has stagnated a little bit and Jeff Levy for all his, anything we want to say about off field, I won't get into that, but on field calling games and all, I mean, Ole Miss's offense was top five the last two years with him calling plays for them in the SEC against tougher opponents and all. I mean, total offense last year, 506 yards per game. OU was 451. That's a significant difference. Still, still led the Big 12, though. That's still That was still oh, yeah. best in the Big 12 by OU. So. Oh, yeah. But what I'm saying is if Levy's offense did that against better competition in the SEC, I think we can all agree on that, with lesser talent than OU had last year or will have this year based on rankings, composite rankings of players, et cetera, and all, why should I not think the offense would be better? I, I mean, I, I would say just as... I would say I think OU's offense can be better, for sure. I think it can right, be, clear but, but Spencer Rattler did not play up to expectations at all last year for the first couple of games, and you guys kind of skated by, like, I don't want to say skated by necessarily, but, like, you guys 
we're making it by the skin of your teeth in a couple of those games. I mean, you talked about it like the Nebraska game barely won, right? right? And the two lane game incredible to end the 2020 season. And yeah. then the offense fell off the cliff in 2021, even towards the end of the Caleb's time as the Caleb Williams time as a starter, the offense looks a little off. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I would hope that would be true with any, like what true freshman quarterback coming in mid season oh, where, yeah. no, I mean, you know, I, he has flashes, but then all of a sudden something, pull a Texas game every single game of the year, obviously freshman growing pains and all. Right. But I, I look at OU's record last year and of course it's incredible as a, just, I mean, you got Kansas who would, if they could sniff a 10 to a year, they'd be just killing themselves over. Right. So, you know, and Iowa state would probably be happy with that year and you're out too. It's just another team I can mention, but the games you guys lost were of course the Oklahoma, them Bedlam kind of just a crazy game overall, right? Oklahoma state returns to kickoff for a touchdown Several other things happened in that game that break right for Oklahoma State at the right times for us to win. Then the Baylor game where just things, again, kind of broke correctly for Baylor to win. So right. I'm and not I, saying I, it's, I think, it's completely out of the Aranda question. I think Aranda straight up outcoached yeah. Riley in that game, too. I think, like I said, I think Aranda's the best coach in the league, and I think he, obviously, his team won the league last year. I think he was last year, too. And, like, a lot of things, obviously, didn't break OU's way in that game, but overall, I think it was just being outcoached, outplayed, out hustled i'm i'm really curious how brand venables does defensively with this team like with the ou team it's it's gonna look different it's just i'm just it's just a big curiosity right and i I guess you know i mean i'll I'll say this i don't see ou losing more than three games i mean i just don't i think that's also a combination here of the k-state game being tougher than normal but a home game for OU. So I would give the edge to OU in that one with a new brand new quarterback in his fourth game for K-State at least, right? I know it's brand new quarterback for OU too, but the home game advantage I'll give to OU there. The first three, I'm going win against UTEP, win against Kent State. The Ad Nebraska game, I think will be interesting, but they just lost their starting quarterback to Kent State. So I'm going to say you guys beat Nebraska. I forgot they picked up Casey Thompson. Um, I completely forgot about that. which, Which is a good pickup, but still like, when you have a brand new quarterback and it's, you know, it's to me, anything can happen. So I'm willing to give it to the, but Casey Thompson is not Dylan Gabriel. Let's, you know, let's just, just call it that way. So I give the edge to you there. They add TCU. I think, I think, I think TCU, I'm higher on Casey Thompson than most actually. I think he looked pretty damn good in that Texas game last year. Yeah. I mean, I, he's an Oklahoma kid too. So I always had a soft spot for him even being at Texas, but yeah, his I, dad played at OU. Uh, yes, he did. And I think, I mean, I never well, would have well, started well. Hudson Card he, last year. He he played at OU, but he also ran a drug house out of the dorm room. That sounds Come like on, something Jake, that would fall. That the dorm? <laughs> huh? Sounds like something that might be alleged. Oh, he's on the Sports Illustrated cover getting arrested. Allegedly. Well, now that sounds, that sounds more than alleged. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, point being here is I'm I'm going to give the edge to you, right? Like, I'm just going to give the edge to you in the Nebraska game. I think it could be super, super close, like you're saying, though, Will. But I, I'm going to give the edge to you at Nebraska. I just I don't necessarily know why too much besides I'm just going to give it to the, I think he's the better quarterback, and I think he's the better offensive coordinator, which is Jeff Levy. So, say it that way. The at TCU, and this is kind of a thing where I, a reason why I think OU will fare better in the Big 12 this year than I would normally think 
is that you've got teams who normally give OSU at least fits all taking step backs this year. TCU, I mean, we're talking about a quarterback season, maybe mid, you know, maybe change to start the season here. Max Duggan not, you know, coming back, still on the roster, but maybe they decide to go differently. Texas having a bunch of differences there. That could be one of the losses I'd say for OU just because Quinn Ewers, but I still don't know. Sark in his second year. I still, I just, so many unknowns there with that Texas team too. But then Kansas, Iowa State, West Virginia, and Texas Tech, right? Like those five teams, I just count as wins for OU. And then if I'm already counting UTEP and Kent State, that's already seven wins right there. That's just, I'm just counting it for OU. I'm probably going to count all those wins for OSU here just half a second as well, too. But more or less, the games I think could give OU fits are the Oklahoma State game, the Baylor game, and the Texas game. Like, those three games. And then the K-State game is interesting. The Nebraska game is interesting. So there's five games for OU where I'm not just going, oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's iffy. And of, the, of five games, I feel like OU can do at least two wins out of those five games, right? I, I would pick OU easily in those. And that's where I get that nine and three record in, right? Like we're talking Nebraska, Kent, Kansas State, um, Baylor, Oklahoma State, and Texas. Those are those five games where I'm like, all right, I just don't know how I feel about OU in these five games, but I'd say they win at least two out of the five, at two out of those five. And that's where I get the nine and three record for OU. And I don't think that's out of the question. I'm, I'm really curious and interested to see how the season goes, but Dylan Gabriel playing a full entire season, pretty darn good quarterback. It's not like he wasn't already at a different school they transferred to this offseason when he thought he could start for UCLA. And I got to tell you, I know that during his offseason that Dylan Gabriel was a UCLA quarterback for like a week, if it was that long. But there are a bunch of UCLA fans who were really excited for Dylan Gabriel, as I know my mom's side of the family is UCLA fans. And I know at least one guy who works for UCLA football recruiting, he goes, yeah, dude, we are really excited at having Gabriel for that week that they had him. Like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a huge upgrade over Dorian Thompson Robinson, who, who returned, which is kind of why Gabriel left, because then they might be wow, competing yeah, for quarterback. I, I think he's pretty good. And and so... DTR, I, 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 they still have their I, running I back coming back, right? Yeah. And I, I think DTR is pretty good. Uh, Michigan transfer, right? But there is... Um, I mean love to have him on the podcast but he told me not to he told me to be careful with his name and stuff just as far as like he works for ucla football and he goes dude we think gabriel's a big upgrade and so that means to me at least all right so if you've got a guy who's dtr's level and you think gabriel's a big upgrade over him all of a sudden i'm kind of worried as an osu fan how good gabriel could really be with a dynamic offensive coordinator like jeff levy too not saying chip kelly's not a great offensive guy but yeah yeah Man, the I mean, familiarity it, with the system also will help yeah. a lot in that aspect. I mean, that fact that, you know, Gabriel's offensive coordinator when he's at UCF, not not the last two seasons, granted, because Levy was at Ole Miss, but still was, uh, you know, was the same familiarity there with UCF for a year. So that's kind of where I see it. Um, Patrick, do you have like a, a record, did you say already, for OU? I'll go nine and three. Yeah, yeah. If, I, if you got to nail it down, I'll go nine and three. But I, and and for the record, and I, I want to move on to OSU. But yeah, I, I'll I'll give I'll give the range there for Texas as well. I, I mean, obviously, I would I do think us losing to Bama is a strong possibility. So I okay. will go in the ten and two to eleven and one range if that is allowed. That that we're saying that's allowed, but that's ten catch. and two. Okay, 
I mean, you're saying you only <laughs> lose to Bama and OSU. That's I'll take correct. it as you're saying you lose to OSU, of course. But, it, man, Texas. All right, uh, Jake, thoughts about OU real quick here before we move on to OSU? Um, I would say, like, for most OSU fans, I'm not particularly, never really concerned about them, but um, not particularly concerned about OU, not keeping their stride. Um, I mean, you know, Brent Venables had arguably one of the best defenses last year with Georgia and us, especially based off statistics. So I, I that's take a massive step up. Um, and I, I don't think he's going to, you know, have that like big 12 hangover thing where it's like, Oh, we're playing big 12 teams because we've seen him dominate teams that are, that are just as good offenses. So I, I think the defensive side is uh, a cause for concern per se. Um, I'm not too like concerned about the offensive side either because like they bring in a good offensive coordinator who might be a POS, but that's either here nor there. Um, but I think Dylan Gabriel is probably the perfect quarterback to bring in for a new coach. Um, because he is a veteran, he can probably come in, just absorb an offense and just move from there. So yeah, I would, I'm, I'm pretty on the same page as Will is with, with that. Um, you know, we'll get into OSU in a sec, but if, if I had to take a guess on who would win that game, I probably wouldn't pick OSU mm. because I usually never do because the odds are usually in my favor not to. Fair so. enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, it's time for the, uh, Time for at least the OSU season prediction year, which Jake, I guess I'm be curious to hear what you have to say here on the OSU season prediction in just a second. But the big big differences for OSU here this year is that we changed defensive coordinator Jim Knowles, no longer with the program. Unfortunately, he's moved over to take the exact same role as defensive coordinator with Ohio State. Instead, we have Derek Mason who comes over to Oklahoma State from Auburn, which is at least in every Oklahoma State fan's mind and eyes that I can hear of a great move um, and a great way to go. The defense was the story there for last for last year for Oklahoma State, though. Um, there were several games last year where we shut out Texas Tech. You know, we held opponents to less amount of points that we could actually score enough to win. And our offense wasn't the greatest every game. I'll say it that way. I think that's putting it very nicely. But, you know, we beat Boise State by one, granted, at Boise State, right? We beat K-State by 11, granted, home, all type of stuff, too. But there are games where we definitely skidded by. Um Iowa State game, I really wish we could have pulled that one off, but still, at the end of the day, like we went on a winning streak after that one, five games in a row, and we lost to Baylor in the Big 12 Championship game, which I think is more annoying than the last game of the season, because, of course, we beat Notre Dame. But with all that being said, great season for Oklahoma State last year, and what does happen to be great is that quarterback returns Spencer Sanders, and, of course, head coach returns Mike Gundy, and, of course, offensive coordinator returns too in Casey Dunn. But going through the schedule... I don't know how we keep playing Central Michigan. I'm cool as just not playing them going forward after this season. There's too many things that happen weirdly for Central Michigan. Oklahoma State, I believe, has lost two games to Central Michigan in like the last 10 years we played them. One at Central Michigan, then one home where we really didn't lose, but we did lose um, on that extra. Alleged, allegedly. Allegedly. Great, great point. Allegedly. I'm going to say we beat Central Michigan this year. We are the runner-up Big 12 team last year so i'm gonna say we beat central michigan i'm also gonna say we beat arizona state possibly future big 12 team and then i'm gonna say we beat university of arkansas pine bluff golden lions like 
Not even really going too much into it. We just beat UAPB. Then we play at Baylor, where, yeah, unfortunately, last time we played Baylor, it was very, very mind-numbingly annoying. And I'm really curious to see how the offense looks with the new running backs, new wide receiver group in as well, too, seeing how Derek Mason's defense does as well. But I, I unfortunately think that's one of the games that we lose. I think that just at Baylor is just not, not Oklahoma State's game to win. So... Then um, I kind of gloss over that one a little bit, but at Baylor, Baylor's good. Baylor might win the Big 12 this year. I know Patrick and Will earlier said that they're seeing a Big 12 matchup of championship games of a repeat of the OU-Texas Red River rivalry, but I, I see Baylor just having a pretty darn good season. So I do see Oklahoma State, unfortunately, losing well, to Baylor. Can I, can I Baylor. clarify something, Calvin? Yeah. yeah, of course. Okay, I... Don't think Texas will make the Big 12 championship game. Oh, I was going to say, right, I, right. Didn't, I didn't actually remember right. Will Sorry, saying Patrick. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, Will saying uh, I, OU makes Big 12 championship games. Is that fair? I, I believe that is right. a quite possible outcome. I think Baylor would be my would be the other, other contestant in that game. But it's fair. That's uh, fair. I, I'll let you get back to OSU. Yeah. Oh, thanks. So Texas Tech at home. I think Oklahoma State beats wins that game. I don't necessarily know if there's too much to talk about it because we've talked about Texas Tech already a couple different times. At TCU, that's a game that generally trips up Oklahoma State just because it's a weird, weird game overall. But we beat at TCU. We win at TCU. Texas for homecoming. Sorry, Patrick. I do agree with you, though. I think we beat Texas. Um, homecoming in Stillwater. So, sorry, I think you lose, but you also predicted that. So, not too sorry necessarily. Yeah, I think that 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 pick for me is kind of representative of like, I think Texas drops a game to a pretty darn good Big 12 team, whether it's Baylor or whether it's Oklahoma State. I think I, I took Oklahoma State as that loss because it's on the road. I just think it's tough. I do notice how you didn't say a pretty good team like OU. So you're saying OU's not that good, which I agree. I mean, uh, I think OU is a I'm good just, team. I'm looking for any <laughs> value system to really just uh, yeah, give yeah. Will a little bit of our time here. My, so, I understand my, my Big 12 tiers of teams might be a little bit unclear. That's yeah. that's yes. fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, then, so then after that one, we go at K-State and at KU. I think that K-State game, like we'll say earlier, will be a tough game, but I still am picking Oklahoma State against K-State. We've we've lost to at K-State before. I mean, I think since Sanders has been on the roster, we've lost to K- at K-State, but I I just I feel it. I feel like it's a win. Um at KU, again, feel like it's a win. Last year we just destroyed him at home, but I think it doesn't matter. It's KU. The Iowa State game. I, I, without Brock Purdy kind of giving us a fit last year, we lost Iowa state by three and controversial kind of ending there too, that Jake and I went on and on about for a whole entire hour on a podcast. I think we beat Iowa state at home more or less Then, weird enough. Bedlam is not the last game of the season for OU or OSU this year. And yeah, I don't like that scheduling. Yeah. And, and I'm not a huge fan of it because that means it's much harder for me to go to the game because it's not Thanksgiving weekend, but Definitely, yeah. That's a that's a personal personal issue. I I think we beat OU. I think we beat OU at OU. Uh, right now, I'm going on a tangent here where I'm saying Oklahoma State goes 11 and one, and the reasons why I think we could beat OU at OU is just one. Honestly, I think it helps out for Oklahoma State. That's not the last game of the season. I just 
whenever Bedlam is the last game of the season, which it I mean almost always has been, from what I can remember, it's been it's been at least nice um to kind of go, okay, well, you know what? Like we're going to the game without every single starter coming back from injury for OU or whenever we played at OU two years ago and you guys had like Ramondre Stevenson come off of I want to say come off suspension, right? I may have that wrong. But there was another yes. guy who came off suspension as well who just ended up destroying us. And, of course, like, our starting quarterback and our backup quarterback ended up getting injured in that game. Shane Ellingworth and Spencer Sanders got injured in Bethlehem two years ago. That's going to throw our plan sideways a little bit, but we never even looked like we were in a fair fight. I mean, it just looked like Stevenson well, was throwing us to the ground every chance he got, too. What? I'm yes, blanking on... I'm blanking on the defensive end's name that that Roddy Perkins is. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Okay. He did unspeakable things to Spencer Sanders in that game. I remember it clearly. It was pretty great. I mean, Sanders was injured. You know. So I mean that. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's kind of what happens, right? So I I think we beat OU. I just feel I feel pretty good about it. This seems to me much more like an O two O three back to back years we beat OU which is like a highlight I have that I can barely remember, but it was when I was in second and third grade. And as an Oklahoma State fan, like any, any year you beat OU, yeah, it's annoying, but it is kind of like winning Big 12 championship in a way. I mean, the la- one of the years we beat OU in the Big 12 championship was to win the Big 12 championship, you know, 44-10 back in 2011. And I actually need to update my record here. The last 20 years, Oklahoma State is 5-15 and 15 against OU. Not a lot better than 4-16, and 16, but still. I'll take it. Um, I, I just, I got a good feeling about this one. OU is in a a, a TBD position. I, you know, we're saying there's a range of nine and three to eleven and one. That still is a really good OU team. Don't get me wrong, but fingers crossed, it kind of works out for OSU, right? Things fall our way. That's kind of where I'm going with this game. I just think things could fall our way. It could happen where we could win again. Spencer Sanders did beat OU last year. And I wouldn't say necessarily it was a bunch of just him winning, but there are so many defensive linemen that return back for Oklahoma State this year. Our secondary, seven guys are getting replaced in the secondary of guys who just played a lot of minutes last year and a lot of games. Not all starters, but we've got Colin Oliver, who was tied for leading the league, uh, Big 12 Conference, excuse me, in sacks last year as being a freshman. He's coming back. We've got Brock Purdy coming back. We've got several other guys on the defense coming back as well, too, which... Brock Martin. Not Brock, Brock Martin, Purdy. thank you. Yeah, of course. The, Patrick looked at me in a second I said that, too. I should have known. But, but I, I couldn't think of the right guy. I was like, I was like, wait, Brock Purdy, ready? Yeah, yeah definitely not a defensive yeah. lineman for Oklahoma State. Uh, and then Tra- Trace Ford should be healthy as well. Trace Ford should be healthy, who was known as possibly a top three-round NFL draft pick if he had been healthy last year and had gone to the draft. So... A lot of good things for Oklahoma State going that way, and that's why I think we'll beat OU at OU. West Virginia game, I think we win that one at home. I think, goodness, that one is at home because if we we've, if or when we beat OU at OU, then if we had to go at, all the way to West Virginia the next weekend, I would almost count that as a loss because of a letdown game. But I think we beat West Virginia at home, um, and we make the Big 12 championship. I'm saying Oklahoma State goes 11-1, and only loses at Baylor. And, and then I just, I feel confident picking it for, I guess, a couple of reasons, but mainly it's by the time we play OU, we should have our stuff together. The same thing can be said for OU too. Like the same thing, exact same thing could be said. OU's offense will be clicking at full strength then. They'll be all together, just all up to speed. Any issues there are from earlier on the season of just 
knowing how stuff works from a new head coach and you know a new offensive coordinator will be figured out for you but I really hope and am I don't want to say praying or anything like that, but I'm hoping and wishing that Oklahoma State's offense will be better this year than it was last year. Because last year was just not the normal Oklahoma State offense of run and gun, throw up as many points as possible, except for the KU game. And fingers crossed here, but um, I, know it's a, I know it's a big prediction saying Oklahoma State again wins, you know, 11 or more games. But anyways, I, I don't know. I want to hear what... uh. Will and, and Patrick, whoever wants to go first, what do you guys have to say too? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have a ton to add. I, I do think, I think eleven and one is a little insane. I, I just, I, I will also say for the record, <laughs> I think we three have, and I, I realize I just said my team goes eleven and one, but um, I do think for the record that we have the three best teams in the Big Twelve here for this upcoming year. I, I don't necessarily value Baylor as much as you guys, although I agree. Arand is an awesome coach. And like, if you look at the, at the big 12 stats from last year, it's like Oklahoma state rightfully got a ton of credit for having a, a spectacular defense last year, but Baylor's was right there. Like those were, those were clearly the two best defenses in the, in the big 12. I think they each gave up 18 points a game. Like that's, that's unheard of low for the big 12. Like that's, that's so impressive. I'm just not convinced Baylor's going to be able to score any points. So I think, I think Oklahoma state. Yeah. I think, I think nine and three, I think a nine and three season is, is right on the money for them. What are you thinking? Will? It's like I'm pretty in lockstep with Patrick on that. Actually, I think I think there's a pretty clear top tier in the conference. I, I think Baylor's up there too as well. I, I'm pretty high on Baylor, as y'all might have caught on to by now. Um, and I, I think nine and three is pretty pretty doable. I think Baylor. I'm with you on that, Calvin. I think that's an Oklahoma State loss at Baylor, just on the road. I don't think the game day environment is anything crazy down there, but Home field does count, especially in a slugfest like that. Um, not too worried about, obviously, the first three games. Um, I won't even make a joke about Central Michigan because I don't think that's, I, I think that's an easy win for OSU. Not too worried about Tech. Um, TCU, that's kind of a weird place to play. I don't know too much about the history with Oklahoma State playing away at TCU, but I also don't really see that happening. Texas could very well be a homecoming loss. I don't like it when teams lose at homecoming. Just kind of really kills the vibe. I know how big of a deal homecoming is in Stillwater, but I think by then we will know what Texas is as a team. And if they look good, I think they win that game. So I'll go ahead and count that as a Texas win. Um, K state. I know we've been pretty high on them, but I think Oklahoma state beats them. Um, I, I like the DC hire. I can't remember his name, but I think he's pretty good. And shout out to him for getting out of the absolute dumpster fire that is Auburn. Derek Mason, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's a great hire. Shout out to him for getting out of Auburn. That's a great career move for him. Um, but I think you do win at K-State. Kansas, we're not talking about Texas. We don't need to even dignify that with any talk further beyond that. Iowa State's a win. Again, I think Bedlam's a win. I'm pretty confident about that. We can agree to disagree on that, of course, as I would hope as I would hope we would. Um, West Virginia's a win, so I'd say nine and three. Yeah, I, but that's a good team. That's a good record. I mean, it is a good team. I yeah. guarantee. I guarantee Oklahoma State's going to win their bowl game because it's a good team. 
It's a 10 win season. That's yeah. And I got to say beating Notre Dame the way we did in the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. That was a great game. That wasn't, that was a phenomenal game. And that's against the, did, did fifth, you go Calvin? I, I did. Um, awesome. Yeah. Drove over, um, cause it's only in Arizona. So hopefully Oakland state can keep playing on the West coast, but hopefully next year it's the national championship game <laughs> in the West coast. And so if I, uh, I, I will say the, the weird, the weird parts of Oklahoma state fandom of like, okay, how did we do previously? Why am I worried or whatever about a certain game? It's cause like at K state two years ago, we won by two scores, 20 to 18, you know, and at TCU, we lost 29 to 22. So it's just, there are games where we just, I don't want to say slip up, take our eye off the ball or whatever it may be, but the OU game is one of those where every single year, right before we play OU, I go, you know what? I just don't, I just don't see it. I'm just not feeling that confident. Then all of a sudden I record that, you know, preview podcast with Jake or whatever. And for whatever reason, I'm like, you know what? This Oklahoma State team, I can see it. And I'm kind of in that boat right now. I don't know if that'll, I mean, I know that'll change between now and then, but I'm really hopeful about this Oklahoma State team. This is one of the more years, this is one of the years where I'm way more hopeful about the Oklahoma State team coming back than I at least think I have been previously. And I don't necessarily know if there's a huge reason for me to go, Oklahoma State takes a step back. Um, Yeah, the defensive coordinator changes. Yeah, guys are changing from the defensive side of the football, but this like instead of Malcolm Rodriguez playing, we've got Jason Taylor who hasn't played for a while and gotten a lot of snaps for Oklahoma State over the years too. So it's not as though we're just a huge drop off on the defensive backside. It's not great. I wish we could have kept some of those guys who transferred out of the program, but it's not that big of a drop off as it has been previously when we've lost guys on the defensive side. I've gone, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And it's odd also for me to talk about Oklahoma State defense as much as I have been because normally that's never been the deal you know it's been weeding the Blackman you know 12 years ago it's been um you know Mason Rudolph or James Washington for you know five six years ago whatever it was now too so it's weird to talk about Oklahoma State's defense as much as I am but at the same point I think the defense could be the thing that anchors this team a little bit and gets us through a couple of those close games again this season earlier on and then carries us towards that OU game where we break into a two-minute drill, and we score right before halftime like we did in the Fiesta Bowl, and all of a sudden we're doing just a different offensive scheme and seeing what works and trying something different because I'll tell you what, if the Oklahoma State team that played Baylor last year at Baylor, uh, excuse me, at the Big 12 Championship game shows up again, I'm not picking us to beat OU. But if it's the same team that shows up that plays OU at home or that plays when it was Baylor at home or that plays in the Fiesta Bowl in the second half at least, then I am picking Oklahoma State, right? I'm, all, I'm only picking Oklahoma State here if we do really good, but that's just also to show OU is always that team and sets that bar of, okay, if we beat OU, then it means this. And I really wish it wasn't like that. I really wish it was like, all right, yeah, I just think we're going to win because, you know, historically we've beaten them, but that's just not the case. I have to give OU the credit and respect that they, at this point, deserve. I don't know why I wouldn't say it that way. What are you thinking, Jake? What's your what's your prediction here? Uh, I'm never high on us going into the football season. Um, I'm I'm slightly concerned. Um, there were like multiple Gundy game candidates last year. <laughs> 
Um, and and I've unironically coined that term multiple Gundy game candidates last year, which Jim Knowles bailed us out of. And we don't have that person. Um, Boise State, again, easily could have been that game. Actually, no, we did have a Gundy game, and it was in the Big 12 championship. That was it. Um, but for all intents and purposes, I think we were objectively a better football team than Baylor last year. But I think in the in the Big 12 championship game, we got out coached. I think that's pretty much what happened. Um, because, like Will said, I think Dave Aranda probably is the best coach. Now, I don't know if I'm as high on Baylor, uh, but just looking at their, you know, their roster, but also, like, it seems like Dave Aranda can make just water into wine type of stuff like you know he he can he can clearly do some things that that other coaches might not be able to do um i would probably go the nine and three ten and two route um i'm not going to predict us beating ou and i would probably say that we lose to baylor i think I think we are a better team than Baylor, but again, I think going to Waco probably get out coached, um, all that kind of stuff. I I'm concerned about the secondary concerned about the defense a little bit. I think Derek Mason's a great coach, but we might have some, some entrance growing pains because the schemes tend to differ a lot and all that stuff. Um, and I just, it's hard for me to go into a season and have faith in Spencer Sanders. <laughs> I mean, that's just, I, I mean, how many years has it been? Five? It's been five years, right? Um, I'm trying to go. Yeah, I think it is five now. Yeah, with his red shirt year. Yeah, not one of them have I been confident going into with him as our starting quarterback. Because, you know, like I said to Patrick earlier, OSU typically is you beat the teams you're better than and lose to the teams you're worse than that's now they're better than most of the teams in the big 12, which is great. But the reason they're not is because of Spencer Sanders. If they're not beating OU, it's because they have Taylor Cornelius at quarterback. Oh, that happened. Shane Ellingworth is still on the roster, correct? No, he actually transferred no. to Nevada. Oh, um, never mind. Basically, yeah. I mean, Sanders um, Sanders is a redshirt junior, by the way. So he, I mean, he's been with Oklahoma State since 2018, but he's a redshirt how? junior. Well, he's COVID year. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I, I can go into a board, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, but, he's played yeah, I, three. He's on the green number two right now. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's played three seasons for Oklahoma State. He started in 2019 getting stats. I feel like I'm being suffocated with a pillow every five seconds when he's on my football roster. So last year, just because, because anyone who's listened to several of the Oakland state podcasts last year knows that I, several points I was like, Hey, can we see Shane Ellenworth again? Like the Boise state game was like, what, what's Shane doing? Right. Then you learn that yeah, yeah. all of the receivers for Oklahoma state got COVID or in COVID protocols besides one, you know, and you learn like several other things too. And then the end of the season, like, Blake Shapen plays a better game as the Baylor backup quarterback in the Big 12 championship than Spencer Sanders does for sure. But Spencer Sanders was first team all Big 12 last year. 
So there's, even though Brock Purdy had more passing yards, et cetera, too. And of course, I was sick, kind of fell off at the end. But I'm not, I'm not a huge Spencer Sanders fan. That's been said before. It's just, the guy's not that bad, I guess I would say. And I, I, I understand not feeling super comfortable with him. And his touchdown interception rate is not pretty. I mean, he's got 50 touchdowns <laughs> to 31 interceptions through three seasons. Granted, he hasn't like played. Like Winston. Yeah, he hasn't played a full year um, for two of those previous seasons, but last year he did. There's just. I. So the, the one thing, you know, the, the Derek Mason stuff aside, I, I want to stick on the offense for a second because that is. That is my one cause for concern. If we don't have that, then we probably won't be a very good football team because that's the one thing that OSU is usually pretty good at. I, I'm i intrigued to know if Casey Dunn actually gets the reins this year because last year, you know, there were multiple times where I text you or text Will and you being Calvin, you know, I would, I would text you guys and be like, hey, man, Casey Dunn isn't calling plays right now. And and that happened pretty frequently because as soon as I see us run, counter, jet sweep, and then a power, and I'm like, yeah, what are we doing? Like it's third and eight and we're running a quarterback draw? That's Mike Gundy. I can because confirm I've received are, many of those texts from Jake. Same here. I just yeah. almost always watch the game tape delayed, <laughs> so I receive them and then I try to track back yeah. when it was. <laughs> but but there are there are just times where it's like I can see our offense clicking, and then there are times where I'm like, "What's you know?" It's like what what do we do? What's what's going on? Like why? You know, I guarantee that those seven plays that were called on goal line against Baylor were not called by our actual offensive coordinator because it would actually take Pete Carroll to call seven straight plays over and over and over again. Just kidding. He didn't do that, but you know, well, he threw you a get passing play. That's the most famous mess up he's had. Ever, right. 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 And, but it, it just, we were, and that's why I say we got out coached because we, we did. That's that's ultimately what happened. And I, I'm concerned to know how how Mike Gundy is going to operate when when we don't have one of the best defenses in the Big Twelve, because I think as most of us would agree, that was the outlier from OSU this this past year. And I don't know if it's going to be the outlier for OSU this year. So some Sanders like just stats here. It's it's tough to look through here and go, oh, okay, he's always been good because twenty twenty he played nine games and he had eight interceptions, and twenty twenty one he played thirteen games and then twelve interceptions. Right, so like it's just not. He does about the same every year. His passing percentage is almost the exact same. It's sixty two percent for the last three seasons, and in fact, it's it's sixty two percent. Um, and then 62.8 and 62.8 again. So I feel better about Sanders going into year four than I did going into year three, say it that way. But 
I don't think Sanders Bar's has to low. do. I, I don't think Sanders has to be the guy who is a Heisman Trophy candidate for us to go eleven and one. And I think that has a lot to do with our defense and a lot to do with our play calling. But what Dominic Richardson is one of the final is you know one of the best running backs, like top seventy running backs. So I mean, it's not that great, but top seventy running backs in college football. And we've already got another guy, what Ollie Gordon coming in too, who's a true freshman who might get some snaps running back or I think will we've got yeah he probably he probably will we've got wide receiver guys coming in who are new as well too our offensive line should theoretically be a little bit better than last year at least barring injuries again I don't know I don't know how Spencer Mitchell do no one does but I'm not betting Oklahoma State's 11-1 record on Spencer Sanders getting us to 11-1 I'm betting it more on him getting us out of some tight spots in a couple of games, but also our defense doing the same, and also our you know our running backs doing the same, and also our wide receivers doing the same, right? Like we didn't see Jalen Warren at all coming into the season being good, and all of a sudden that was the dude. And for better or for worse, I think that could be the same thing we say again for Oklahoma State this year. There's a guy who will pop up, be pretty darn good, and our defense will hold stand at least. And if our defense could hold stand against Baylor a couple more times. But also, I mean, we held them 21 points. We should be able to beat them. It's just that Fiesta Bowl victory gives me a lot more hope than the Big 12 championship game did, or even the OU game, to be honest. Like the Fiesta Bowl, I feel like we won that game. Whereas Bedlam, I feel like we definitely won, but a couple things also broke our way to, for that to work out too. So I'm feeling confident heading to an Oklahoma State football season. Doesn't normally happen, but I'll take it. I, Patrick's I feeling just, very confident I, I, about I, I Texas. I was going to say, I'm, you know? I'm over here just faking it till I make it. Like I, I already know Texas is going to let me down. I'm choosing. I'm choosing to aim for the aim for the stars this time. Shoot for the moon. Yeah, shoot for the stars. Land on the moon, right? I think that I think it's the other way. But yes. Well, the, yeah. I think the, you shoot the for the moon, <laughs> and if you miss, you might land on a star. That that does not actually make any astronomical no, sense. But I just. No. I think I think you're right. I think that is how the saying goes. I think that is what the saying yeah. is. The saying the saying is definitely a shoot for the moon. It may not stars, apply to even Texas that in, either mean, cha- in either yeah. case. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a former uh, science museum employee. I have to say that. I I'm hopeful with Oklahoma State. I'll say it that way. Um, we right now are an hour and twenty minutes into the podcast, though. So I'm going to say let's just go ahead and break <laughs> this into two parts. I suppose take up Will's entire evening because. He's in Central Time Zone. Um, so go ahead. And, I mean, I'm off tomorrow. If we, yeah, we can we can roll for a while. Well, I'm just gonna say let's break this in two parts. Take a little bit of a break here, and we'll be back here in five minutes if that works. Um, again, thank you so much for listening to the latest episode of the CJ Tour podcast. Please follow at the CJ Tour on Twitter and Instagram for more. And uh, we'll catch you guys again soon.